Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope that everyone can hear that. Um, I am on a remote, in a remote area. I'm not in the studio today. Welcome to a special edition of the Indie Cafe on the Red Velvet Media Network. And um, today we have Malcolm Bruce, who is the musical son of Jack Bruce from Cream. And uh, Malcolm has some amazing, amazing stories, and he's played with some amazing people. And I can just imagine what kind of music he grew up listening to. And uh, 
the kind of people that he met. And he's played with some amazing people, which he will go over when we talk to him. And I know that my co-host, Spencer Drake, calling in from New York, and also Malcolm is in New York. He just did his Salvation Tour last night in New York, and that's what we're going to be talking about is his new music that's getting ready to drop and also his new and his new tour. So with that, I'm going to bring him on because they just recently did. We're going to talk about his dad, I'm sure, and uh, a lot about the gig last night because I know my co-host was there. And uh, let me bring everybody in. Hold on one second. Sorry about all the noise in the background, guys. It's the holidays. Trying to bring everyone in. Hold on. I got Spencer and I'm waiting for Malcolm. Are you guys there? Yeah. Yeah, we're there. Hey. Welcome. Welcome. Oh, my gosh. I can (laughs) hear you. You sound like, you sound like, let's see, what was it, Verizon or Sprint? I can't remember. Can you hear me now? (laughs) I've heard you. I've heard. I heard you rock the house last night, Malcolm, and uh, I know Spencer was there last night. And uh, welcome to the show. And we want to talk today Thank about you. your Salvation Tour and about that piece of music that we opened up with, which was called "What You're Saying," and that's a yes. new piece that nobody's heard yet, right? Absolutely. In fact, that's not even mastered. I'm still right in the middle of finishing finishing off the record um, with a mix engineer in, in the UK. Um, I'm working with this oh, wonderful wow. guy called Steve Orchard. Uh, guy called Steve Orchard, who mm-hmm. he runs. Um, he works for Paul McCartney and does all McCartney stuff. Oh, so nice. he's he's mixing the record at the moment. So yes, that's that's um, well. That's that's pre I want to say. <laughs> well, I want to say what a privilege it was for us to be able to play that today on our show, and I know that. Uh, I apologize about the noise in the background, and uh, I will mute you. I mean, I'll mute myself when you answer questions because I know it's a little noisy, but it's the holidays. What can I say? We're you're in New York <laughs> right now, so uh, let's talk about let's let's talk about. Hey, Spence, why don't we start at the beginning? How he um, his dad was Jack Bruce, and how he grew up, and what he was exposed to, and yeah, how yeah. he segued into doing music. Let's hear it. Go ahead, Malcolm. Let's hear your story. Wow. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, I didn't know anything different. I guess if my dad was a a plumber, then uh, I would have been a plumber. I don't know. Uh, no. No, no. You're you that. never know. I mean, maybe I'll still be a plumber. The, the money's pretty good. Yeah, um, it is. That's what I heard. No, I mean, you know, I just, I guess, you know, uh, I was born into that situation, you know, I love my dad to bits and you know what an incredible artist so you know i just kind of grew up with him simultaneously being my father you know taking me to the park and pushing me on the swing as well as like being around all this incredible music when i was growing up you know from day one so so i think by the age of like seven i mean by the age Mm -hmm. of four or five i was playing i was playing the piano and things like that but by the age of seven or eight I was pretty sure I, I think I knew that was what I wanted to do you know for the rest of my you life that's what I wanted to do I wanted to so uh, Malcolm did, yeah. who did you listen to in the beginning of your life I mean what musicians did you listen to well I mean well, I'm sure I guess my dad too. you know yeah I mean yeah. my dad was always doing stuff and I would go to his shows and things like that but um, I remember my dad gave me it's when I was a kid. We still had these things called cassettes. Do you remember them? Oh, yeah. I still have it. I do. I still have it. I've got, I still have a box full of them. But he gave me this 
It was a, a Hendrix compilation actually called Stone Free. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Song, oh, yeah. That song is still one of my favorite Hendrix songs. You know, it's an amazing song. Um, so, you know, that was one of the, the early things that I was thinking to, probably about the age of nine. Um, and then, but also, you know, again, through my father, both my parents, my mum and my dad, were listening to classical music. So, you know, my dad would listen to Ravel and Debussy and, um, and so to sort of turn me on to all that kind of stuff. But then I was also a kid of my time as well. So, you know, my, me and my friends would be buying Duran Duran records and um, yeah. queuing up at the local store to get the little vinyl singles when we still had those. And, of course. You know. Yeah. Where, so where think, in England you know, were, just, you, were you at that time? Where, what um, part of England were you in? Well, I was born in London, and then we moved out mm-hmm. to East Anglia, to, to the county of Suffolk, uh, which is kind of oh, yeah, in yeah, East yeah. Anglia. I know where it is. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. so near a, near a town called Colchester. So, you know, like an hour and a half outside of London. Um, yeah. And then my parents... My parents, you know, this is very, it's a very popular thing to do. My parents split up when, when I was about 10. <laughs> so... Um, so uh, yeah. then I kind of moved back to London with my mum. My dad was on the road a lot at that point. And then I kind of went to a, I went to a school back in East Anglia um, for like six or seven years, a boarding school. So I would go. And, so then I would stay with my mum half the time. I'd stay with my dad half the time, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I grew up. I grew up in England. But then I would spend, my dad was living in Germany for seven years with his, his uh, my stepmom, Margaret. So I'd go and visit them in Germany oh, nice. in the school holidays and all that kind of stuff. So I, and you know, I would get to go on the road with my dad a bit when I was a kid as well. So I got to move around, you know, I think I was in the, in the who, US. Who did you meet along was, the way? We want to hear about that. Who did you meet oh, along the way? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like. You know, Larry Correll came and stayed with us when I was a kid. And, wow. Um, you know, I, I mean, I don't, there's a lot of people that I would have met that I don't remember or that I met when I was an adult. You know, like people, I ended up playing mm-hmm. with Leslie West and Corky Lang, and I don't remember meeting them when I was a small child um, because I was very, very young when my dad was working with them back in the 70s. But, um, but then I actually ended up working with them and we just played some shows and they've become, they've become good friends and, you know, wonderful, wonderful people. So, you know, there were, there were those different elements. I'm trying to think who else I would have met. I mean, I met Eric, Mr. Eric Clapton along the way and Ginger Baker. Eric's great. Yeah, you know, I, th- I think I remember... I was 10, and my dad was on tour with Billy Cobham uh, and John McLaughlin. And um, how do you guys say it? McLaughlin or McLaughlin? I don't know how you say it. but McLaughlin, um, that's cool. McLaughlin, that's it. So, so they were doing this tour, and um, they played a venue in London, in North London, a place called Finsbury Park. It's a, a venue called The Rainbow, which was actually a very uh-huh. famous venue. It's now some kind of Christian kind of... I don't, one of those kind of Christian places. It's not a normal Christian place. It's one of those sort of um, slightly alternative Paul, Paul <laughs> Christian, Christian places. Yeah. Well, you know, the, uh, you know, you put the hand on the temple and the guy falls over and he's healed and all that kind of stuff, um, which is cool. Um, so that's what that is now. But back in the day, I think the Beatles played there. I think the Stones, oh, I think nice. everybody, Cream played there. But in 1980, I was a very young child and I remember standing next to Jack 
John, John McLaughlin and Ginger all backstage, and they were all sort of having a laugh and chatting. I just one of my early memories, and that's great. So I was always around people, always around people, and then you know slightly less famous people. I mean, you know, I, I met Ringo through my dad, and all different kinds of people. But so you know, nice. I think, you know Bruce Gary, who's a wonderful, wonderful guy. Um, I think Bruce kind of got yeah. on a plane from LA, and Bruce kind of showed up at, at um, our house. Oh God. And, uh, and now, and now look you know. at you. Now you're doing your own stuff, and you're doing this oh, new well, for Holly, let me, uh, Holly, let me ask you yeah, a question. Ahead, uh, you, you uh, that people course, have to know about Spencer. you. How did you meet? First of all, how did you meet Kofi Baker? And how did you? Ah. And you did that tour, uh, the Cream Tribute tour. I know. So tell people about that. Yeah, I mean, I met, absolutely. I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't grow up with Kofi. Um, I didn't sort of grow up with him, but I think I was 14, and Kofi was sort of um, living. <laughs> Kofi was, Kofi's, I mean, my life's been difficult or challenging and with certain challenges, you know, but Kofi was living in a rehearsal room. I think his dad had, had absconded to Italy with, with, his, with Kofi's sister's best friend and married, like, divorced Kofi's mom and, like, moved to Italy and opened a, a, a sort of uh, orchard, olive grove or something, and he'd married this 16-year-old girl. And, oh, it's some mad story anyway. So Kofi was homeless, living in a rehearsal studio in West London, and he had this kind of manager guy. And I got a call one day, I was 14, or my mum got a call. It's like, oh, I'll try and do the accent. I don't know whether you're still... You're still uh, understand it but you know it's like the it's like the the London like cockney you know what I mean it's like we talk like that it's <laughs> like that you know and it's like alright well look this is guy Kofi he's ginger side he wants to meet you do you want to come and have a play you know <laughs> and um so so I was like okay that sounds okay and so um <clears throat> I went up to West London and um you know from that point on we've had a sort of it's a karmic thing it's a little bit like jack and ginger you know for those of your listeners that don't know you know there's a kind of famous running story that jack and ginger you know would throw things at each other on the stage or you know like they had a difficult relationship that goes back pre-cream goes back to great <laughs> the grand bond organization all of that and you know, knives being thrown into mm. walls and all that kind of stuff, you know. Really? In fact, my mum, I don't Ooh. think my mum might be listening now, but she won't mind me telling you this story that she, you know, because my mum met my dad when she was 16 and my dad was 19 or whatever. They were together for about 20 years. And, um, but I think she, my mum went to um, a rehearsal once with the Graham Bond organisation and with my dad and, you know, my dad and Ginger were there and she kind of walked in the rehearsal room and she said, hello, Ginger. And Ginger turned around and he threw a knife at my mum. And oh it kind of missed her, it missed her head by like an inch. And oh stuck in the wall. What? And went, boing, Wait a minute, boing. what? And, and, and she said, well, yeah, from that point That's on, I never crazy. said hello to Ginger again. <laughs> so, so, like, um, so I think, you know, wow. with me and Kofi, although I love, I love Kofi like a brother and he's an amazing drama, you know, in his own, he has his own thing, very unique. Um, but you know, from that, I I just got to the point where it's hard to work with him because it's kind of so karmic. It's like those things that happen between Jack and Ginger. Um, 
start happening between me and Kirsty, and it's just like <laughs> neither of us want it to happen. It's just some kind of deep, oh, no. you know, subconscious, no. like spiritual, divine weirdness, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. but you know, ironically, at my dad's funeral two years ago, mm-hmm. I was kind of with Ginger, and he was pouring, he was crying his eyes out. He was really affected by Jack's oh. Jack going, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think that a lot of that kind of game between the two of them was exactly that. It was kind of a game. But actually, there was a mm-hmm. deep, love, deep love and respect between the two of them, you know. And one of the greatest, if not, in my opinion, the greatest rhythm section in, in rock music ever, you know. Um, you know, you know what I find really wow. interesting, uh, uh, Malcolm, is that you play bass guitar, right? Uh, specifically, I do sometimes, yeah. And, and and Kofi plays drums, and it interests me the fact that the sons of these famous musicians play the instrument of their father. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I I did it by default, and I'm quite good at it, but I'm not a trained bass player. Whereas I'm, I've studied, you know, classical repertoire on the piano and. And I actually practice mm-hmm. guitar sometimes. <laughs> so with the bass, it's like, That's amazing. hey, do you want to do a gig on bass? Do you want to do a gig on the bass? It's like, okay, oh, wow. and I just, I've got a bass and I pick <laughs> it up and I, people say I'm good at it. So, you know, but I think it's a bit like my dad. It's like a thing. It's just a thing that we do. And um, mm-hmm. there are bass players out there that are incredible from a technical perspective. You know, they can do, because they actually mm-hmm. studied it in that way. And for me, it's a lot more about Utilizing the instrument you know, as a means of expression, you know, rather than it being an instrument. Mm-hmm. Your, your yeah. music is you very experimental. Your, your music is very experimental. I mean, I saw you at the. Oh, we. Hello, did we lose Spencer? Oh, we think we lost Spencer mid, mid word. Oh, well, I'm. I'm still. Yeah, here. Let, hopefully he'll call back in. You know what I was going to say was, um, hopefully he'll call right back in. Spencer, we lost yeah. you. Um, what I was going to ask you, what before he calls back in is, when did you start playing music? Uh, what age did you? Was your first gig or your first band? And Spencer, if you're hearing this, call back in, please, right away. Um, are you there, Matt? Well, I mean, I. Oh, you are. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, mean, I, of I think I, I was. Yeah. I mean, I think I was playing. Oh, there he is. <clears throat> very, very early, I was playing uh-huh. piano. Um, you were at the Highline Ballroom, I saw you, and your music is very, ex- I call it like Hold kind on, of experiment, Spencer, Spencer. experimental, experimental. Hunter? We lost him again. I think his phone line must be. There must okay. be something wrong with his phone line. Hopefully he'll call back in. It's this modern what technology thing, I guess. No, yeah, that's so okay. I think, you know, what were you saying, Malcolm? Yeah, so very early on I was playing piano and um, I think I started playing guitar when I was 10, playing piano from about the age of five. Um, and I actually found some, some, you know, first attempts at like writing music down when I was about eight, seven or eight, notating music. So mm-hmm. I was kind of doing all that very early on. But I think the, the first professional show I did was when I was about 16. I was about 15 mm-hmm. or 16 I started playing shows in London. And then the first um, <clears throat> professional session I did actually was with Bill Ward from Black Sabbath. I I flew over to L.A. and I played on three songs, I think, on his record, which was called Ward One Along the Way, which is a wonderful, wonderful oh, wow. sort of hard rock record uh, from the um, 80s. And um, 
from the late 80s. And, you know, I, so I got a chance to do that with an Aussie as well. I'm playing piano on a track with Aussie. And, um, and so, you know, that was kind of, those, that was around the time I first started doing things, you know, around the age of 15, 16, doing sessions and, and doing shows with other bands and stuff like that. And then uh, sort amazing. of went on from there. But I, you know, it's wow. well, you know I actually I, feel like I'm, I feel like I'm sort of every day I'm just beginning again. I'm kind of starting. That's kind of my, the gut feeling. It's wow. which is nice. It's like a big beginner's mind, you might call it. You know, um, mm-hmm. and that's just my natural state. That I, I like to, not think that I, know what I'm doing because each thing that I do, each, especially when I'm writing, each thing that I write. It's almost like as if I'm inventing a language for each thing. Of course, I'm not, but it feels mm-hmm. a bit like that. How, rather than saying, okay, this is how you write a song, and then it has to be like this, and then it has to be like that, I, I prefer to take a more classical approach. Even though the music doesn't sound like classical music, it's, it's about creating a shape or a form that's unique, and it's unique to what the music requires in terms of expression. So rather than trying to mm-hmm. box something in and fit I agree it on in, that. you know, but then that's, there's a challenge because you've also got to have something that, you know, might be quote unquote radio friendly, that, that might be commercial or accessible in the sense of, um, and this is just to go back to what Spencer was saying just before he got cut off, which was my music is quite experimental. I don't see it like that, but I'm sure if, mm-hmm. you know, if you somebody that likes, enjoys, you know, certain forms of music, like Kanye West or whatever, you know, and Kanye's cool and all that, but, um, you know, it's, it's a formula. And, you know, so when they hear my thing, it sounds experimental, even though it's not really, it's just, it's what it needs. That's, I, I want to create things that it doesn't need one more or note or one less note than required to express the idea. And, you know, to me, that's what's important. And that's something that Absolutely. I, you know, something that I learned from a classical perspective, you know, um, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you're trying to create a sound world that has this sense of balance within the notes and within the, the, the texture of what it is and the dynamics. You know, that dynamics have very informed me a lot as well, you know, creating something that has a shape dynamically um, so that, you know, each section, you might have a repeat of sections, but the dynamics shift and change or, or the harmony changes somehow or whatever so that there's an evolution within the music. That's what interests me, to actually tell a story musically, as well as, but, you know, certainly musically. So, I know, that's amazing. Do we and have him back I think Spencer finally, no, I think he's coming, he's coming back. I keep seeing his number pop up and then it goes back. Well, hold on a second, let me try to bring him on again. Okay. Spencer, no are you there? Yeah, I've been cut off a couple of times. Okay. Yeah. Um, All right, I yeah, wanted to ask uh, Malcolm, what, what motivated you to do this album? What oh, my gosh. Do this album. Well, it made it me to do the album. Well, it's been it's been a long yeah. time coming, um, like quite a few year, a few years now. And um, <clears throat> because my my life's been insane and complicated and full of challenges, so I I got the opportunity. I, I a, a dear friend of mine called Mark Allison got in touch, who I hadn't seen for many years, and um, he said, "Oh, I'm living in Nashville now." And Mark Mark worked with was with Miles Davis for many years and all different kinds of people as a sound guy. Um, but he, um, we just reconnected and he, he said, hey, I'm living in Nashville. I'm working with this guy, Kevin McKendry, who's Delbert McClinton's MD. He's got an amazing studio. 
maybe you'd consider coming and making a record, you know, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> sounds good to me. That sounds awesome. Um, Can you imagine? You know, How'd you like, like Nashville, Bruce? How'd you like oh, Nashville, Malcolm? Okay. It's weird. Malcolm Bruce has got two last names or two first names. It confuses everybody. I know. I was um, like, how'd you like, how'd you like Nashville Bruce? I'm sorry about that. How'd you like yeah, Nashville it's, all, it's Malcolm? either that or I'm, or I'm in the, the, the armed forces or I'm at private boarding school. Any of that will work. Then you call them Bruce. Um, <laughs> yeah, by your last name. I call name. you Drayton, Drayton Stevie or whatever. <laughs> you know, but um, like, I like Nashville. It's kind I of conservative. That. But there's, there's an mm-hmm. underbelly of you know, um, really creative stuff going on there and incredible musicianship. And um, But I wasn't really in Nashville a lot. I was more in Franklin, you know, which is like mm-hmm. 20 miles south of Nashville. Um, but I loved it, you know, and I, I still have good connections there. I'm going to go and spend more time there over the next period of time. I, I do like it a lot. Um, but so, you know, that's how, that's how the that's, that's how the album was, the process of making this record was started. And so during that, I was, I, I tracked the base. I did the basic tracking there. Then I got offered mm-hmm. the opportunity to go off on the road. Um, it was a weird story. Co- it's, this is, ties into what we're talking about, Kofi Baker. Um, Kofi was about to work with this guy called Ned Ebbett. Now, Ned Ebbett is a fretless mm-hmm. guitarist and songwriter, really talented guy, um, and very unique. He has this very unique style of guitar playing on these fretless guitars. He plays with the side of his thumb on the nail and all this kind of stuff. It's very unique. It's almost like Indian classical music sounding. Oh, neat. Ooh, I like that. But a rock, you know, a kind of rock songwriter and kind of acoustic rock, different kind of genres, but he's got a very unique sound. So anyway, so he was about to go on tour with having Kofi on drums and a, and a bass player with Sa- Joe Satriani and they were about to do this world tour oh and I love Joe the Satriani. bass player mm-hmm. yeah and so the bass player's eyes started bleeding I think he's got some kind of diabetes or something I don't know he's a lovely guy who I've oh, met no. since subsequently but so like three days before the show the, the tour was about to start in in Paris I get a call from I get an email from Kofi saying please Malcolm help me we need a bass player <laughs> well and so I I said okay a bass sounds good. player just, there you go yeah <laughs> alright well I'll put my bass in my case and I'll come over so um and basically, so like you just a made a rhyme. I'll show. put my bass in my case. <laughs> it rhymed. That's there's a, there's a, there's a silly did. song in that. Thanks for laugh. Um, laugh at that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> That's like so, me saying, so you know, what, what are you doing? What's that noise? <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm known for asking people so, that because a lot of times we'll tell people to call with no noise. And here I am with lots of noise in the background. So what, what can where I are say? You? I'm you're just in like as bad a, as everyone You're in else. like a coffee shop. I am not, I'm actually not in a coffee shop. I'm actually outside of a museum. So there you go. Oh, wow. That sounds a good Yeah. Have you been into the museum yet? (laughs) I have, and they're having a surfboard um, exhibit. (laughs) Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Do Do they have any boogie boards? They've got any boogie boards there. That's boogie the only boards. thing I'm they capable do. of they doing. Have, you mean boogie <laughs> boards? Not boogie boards. Boogie boards? Yeah, boogie boards are really cool. Because boogie you boards, can do yeah. those with the short waves. Yeah. 
See, I'm a, I'm yeah. a longboard kind of person because that's easy. Wow. You get on a shortboard, okay. you're, you're liable to fall in the water. But boogie boards, yeah, that's safe. Because you're breaking yeah. really I'm close an to amateur, the shore on that I'm one. I'm an amateur boogie boardist. <laughs> oh, really? I'm a complete did you do, amateur. Did you, do par- did you do parasailing yet? I've done that I've done that twice in 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 England in the UK on on a lake I think I think oh, if that's the same yeah. thing it might be called something different over there is it paddleboard you probably did paddleboarding where you stand up on the surfboard and you have the paddle oh, yeah yeah paddleboarding right. no, no the one that did. I did the one where you stand you stand up and you hold the sail and then what you're the supposed sail. to that's do is you're supposed to Hard. You're supposed to be able oh to guide God. yourself with the sail, but I could only figure out how to go one way. So I just kind of kept going in <laughs> one direction. I'm like, help, help. And the help would get quieter so and quieter. So and the was the front of your body? People... So were you yeah, all raw exactly. in the front from getting up and down and up and down? Or did you wear a, oh. a wetsuit or a rash guard? That's like brutal. Wet I shoes, cannot, wetsuit, yeah. I or, can't power a sail. No. All I can say is that I need a I need another try at it before I can even really discuss the matter. <laughs> well, you, you got you got to come to where you got to come to the beaches in California where the waves are really cool, or Costa Rica, I would love to do or that. Hawaii. Yeah, I actually That's spent right. uh, I spent Thanksgiving I th- spent Thanksgiving on the beach in in Orange County once. That was weird. Where? Which which <laughs> beach? Which beach? Seal? I'm trying to remember, or maybe Laguna or. Maybe Laguna or Laguna. Seal Beach or something like that. So Laguna. Um, Laguna Beach is very rocky. It was like the mid-90s. Unless you go a little bit. Yeah, Laguna is very yeah. rocky. You go a little bit further down and you get into Newport and you go into uh, Salt Creek and that's pretty pretty good for surfing. Zuma Beach as Neil wow. Young. Hey, Spencer went to Neil Young's exhibit last night. I want to hear about that too later, Spencer. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah it was really good. Tell me really about good. that. Yeah. But, my, I want to hear um, about that uh, Malcolm's gig last night. Malcolm and Spencer, tell me yes. about the gig. Yeah, that that was like, I mean, let, let me, t- let's talk on two sides of this. I was watching it, and um, uh, um, our friend John Paris got up there with you and did a thing. And, oh, nice. Uh, there was like. Oh, uh, John's John. great, man. The music, oh, it was an incredible He's night. A good guy. Was an incredible night, Holly. Mm-hmm. It was just like very electric, and, and you were doing a lot of blues I stuff. I bet. A lot of blues and some cream and some of your own. So it was like yep. a mixture of different things, and um, it was really enjoyable yeah, night. It was really cool last it's night. It's very it it's very early days with this band. I mean, just going back to the record for a minute. You know, that's almost done, and it's been a long process. And you know what? Without going into it, some things have happened to me in my life over the last few years, like. Um, heartbreak you know i fell in love with someone and Aww. she's not in my life anymore and yeah. you know so so i had to you know it's funny because i wrote all these when i first met her i wrote all these songs oh, about no. her me and meeting her and how wonderful it was yeah. and everything and then yeah. when when she went when she's gone out of my life i had to basically <laughs> rewrite all the lyrics expressing <laughs> my loss you know so it's like it, these songs were like really positive and now they've ended up being this kind of unrequited love thing. So it's kind of, it's kind oh, of interesting. To, so it's, so it's kind of interesting in the sense that when sometimes when people write songs, you know, and there's nothing wrong with this, but they're kind of writing it to order. It's like, okay, here's a song and this is how it's supposed to be. And the first goes, first verse goes like this. I, I met her on a Monday and she was looking fine and blah, 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 you know, 
and and it's kind of this format. And for me, I'm actually try somehow trying to express what I really feel, and that's weird. So it's mm-hmm. not even art anymore. It's actually just kind of some some weird, very very intimate personal expression of my psychological state, you know, which is fascinating to me because I don't often hear that. Of course, you hear it a lot, but I don't often hear that in in certain kinds of genres of music. It's sort of a bit more like written-to-order type things. Um, but then I don't know because I don't know what other people are expressing. I don't know what their lives have consisted of. But anyway, in my, in, in my journey, I'm now just getting to this point where this record is almost done. I'm really excited about it. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's quite different. It's not blues, it's not rock, it's not this, it's not that. It's kind of me. It's in between. For better or worse. Yeah, right? it is. Yeah, and, yeah, and it's, it's like the beginnings for me. It, it, yeah, and it's the beginnings of, of kind of having my own voice compositionally. You know, that's kind of what interests me more than anything, is to write music. And, you know, actually I was talking to someone earlier in an interview about the tribute that we did for my dad in London in October. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was that thing of like, when I was putting that together, we can talk about that in a minute if you want, but when I was putting that together, I spent a lot of time just basically listening to everything that my dad had ever done mm-hmm. and kind of going through this journey, this wow. of his career. That's, and what stands that's out... a real spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what, what stands out for me more than... Obviously, he was a consummate performer, you know, but what stands out the most to me is the writing you know there's this arc of writing that's just so unique and and you know that to me I'm, I'm trying to find ways of keeping that in the public eye now that he's not around I mean not that I want to do a kind of Zappa plays Zappa type deal because as you said before Spence you know when I worked with Kofi the pressure was on me to uh, do a cream tribute thing and even though actually even though I said myself, me and Kofi are quite good at that. It's not who I am. It's not what I want to do. Right, My, right. And it's kind of like, and I know we've talked about this in the past, Spence, you know, the fact that it's like, it's sort of cheating a little bit in a way because that's his thing. And, you know, and I love and honor my dad in that sense. You know, he achieves incredible things with his music, but that's what I want to do with my music, you know. Yeah. I'm not just mm-hmm. Jack's son. I want to be me. But the problem is that you have to break through. In some ways, even you have to break through even more than somebody that's, that doesn't have a famous father, as it were. Because right. the expectation when you go into the industry is, oh, you're Jack Bruce's son from Cream. Has, oh, yeah, has yeah, Eric Clapton yeah, 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 got yeah. any kids? Has Eric Clapton <laughs> got any kids? What about mm-hmm. Ginger Baker? Oh, look, maybe if we, like, if you wear flares and we put the kind of, the, the, the kind of 60s uh, weird lights, light show at the back and stuff, we can sell this. You know, and, it's like, and we can sell this to wow. all the 75-year-olds that were first there at the time and all that kind of stuff. And so you think, oh, and then they, what they, how they sell it to you is they say, if you do this for two or three years, then you'll be able to do anything you want. And then it's like two or three oh, years wow. down the line, you're still playing crappy clubs for like 100 bucks a night. And you're going, dude, Whatever happened to me, you know, where did I go? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, that's you know what I wanted to ask, learning I, curve. That's, amaz- that's amazing. You know, I wanted to ask really quick, Spencer, the word, yeah. well, that you explain now that uh, the fact that you wrote a lot of the songs for your endured person that no longer is there right now. Um, did, did you happen to... Um, 
title this tour salvation as as a way of your own salvation, basically for healing and stuff yes. like that. And, I mean, to, yeah, that's to what be I honest, thought. Yes. Okay. But but it, it yeah. the original title the original title was <clears throat> a bit more political. Um, the original title is very long. <laughs> it's from sla- mm-hmm. from slaveocracy to salvation, and 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 slaveocracy is a word which harks back to, I guess, uh, when in this country in the USA you had something called slave states. So you mm-hmm. had indentured servants. You know, you had slaves. All that stuff that, thank goodness, is gone. You know, um, right. and and will never come back. Oh, yeah. I hope. Yeah. You know. But but um, we hope we you know, hope we hope we hope. Let's hope. Anyway, fingers crossed. But, we don't know but, yet, you know, right, Spencer? No, that's right. right. Our government right now is so happen. screwed up. You won't know what's going on. <laughs> it's not just your. It's not yeah. your. Just your government. It's it's the six corporations that control all the media. Blah blah. blah. Anyway, that's another story. But 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 anyway. So I had this very long title <laughs> because I was writing. You know, I was writing like. Um, quite politically or social commentary and and that's still in the record i've got a song called world gone mad i've got a song called mind control mm-hmm. you know I, so i'm quite interested in conspiracy Ooh, theories nice. because i think you know yeah. i think there's a percent you know within conspiracy theories there's an element of truth um not all of mm-hmm. it you know the tin tin foil hat wearing stuff and the the royal family being lizards and all that is a bit far out for me but but maybe oh, there's wow. some truth I didn't in that one yet I didn't hear that oh, one yet. That one the royal family being a David lizard. Ike, yeah. Lizards? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are they saying that? Yeah. Wait a blue, minute. Blue are they blood. saying they're reptilian? Where does the saying? Are they saying? Where does the saying blue? Are they blue blood come from? You know. Wow. Yeah. So are um, they saying they're reptilian? Yes. Wow. Oh no. A hybrid. Wow, a that's hybrid crazy. My, race really? that could control the planet. That's that's wow. the real. That's the big conspiracy theory. <laughs> Wow. Uh, well, my, so the my jury's dad out on that really one. Like that one. Yeah, my dad. Check it out. It's like all over the one. internet. It's not on yeah, BBC or Yahoo, my... but if you dig under the surface, it's in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, but, well, um, he was in England but anyway, too, so, so I totally get it. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, you know, the thing is that I had that title, and then, and, mm-hmm. and, and so the original idea was that I would talking it was a kind of social commentary and talking about the fact that the planet is moving from essentially an indentured state controlled with social you know social engineering which you know that's all in the public mm-hmm. record that that's gone on all the way back to you know Edward Bernays the father of PR who was Sigmund Freud's nephew and all of those kinds of things but I digress so anyway I I got to the point after this recent year and a half with this person that came into my life and then left my life and it kind of got to that point where I'm yeah it's like more about my own salvation but it's still about um, our collective salvation or spiritual emancipation from from this kind of these elements of control that we can see everywhere I mean it's not just here you know although the US is a very unique experiment everywhere you know it's it's, it's everywhere. everywhere. It's whether Malcolm. it's in Russia, whether yeah. it's in the UK or Europe. It's a vibrational it's this... thing. It's a vibrational yes. thing, I think. It's definitely right. a vibrational right. movement, you know? Yep. And I your know, song really... that you opened up with, What You're Saying. Let's talk about the song that we opened up with, What You're Saying. What's that song about? 
that's the song. That's a song about this person. Um, because uh-huh. you know when okay. you, when you're when you you get very close. Yeah, I got very very close to this person. Very very close, and um, and so we would talk about lots of stuff. It was just a relationship that we were kind of getting to know each other. We were still getting to know each other. It's complicated. I don't can't really go into it in detail, but but we were getting to know each other and. And so we would talk and we would tell each other about our feelings and our thoughts and what was going on for us. And, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not the only person that this has happened to, but, you know, when, you, when this happens to someone, suddenly this, there's this empty space where this beautiful person was, this relationship, this communication was happening. And so really mm-hmm. it was like me just in a very simple way trying to express the fact that where you know you you're not there anymore and i don't know what you're saying i don't know what you're feeling i think what the lyrics i don't know what you're mm-hmm. saying i don't what you're feeling i don't know where your love is anymore because it was there mm-hmm. it was tangible it was it was um it was communal it was it was a, a shared unified thing that was just beautiful sure, as far as i was sacred. experiencing and what, it was how sacred she, yeah it was there was sacred. a sacredness and then um, something yeah got inside the sacredness. And it's, anyway, it's complicated because she's from Russia and she's now back in Moscow. And, oh, you know, so it's, it wasn't, it was hard. not, it was a challenging thing from the beginning anyway. So in that sense, mm-hmm. two different cultures, or, you know, two different life trajectories, all of those things. But, um, so this was just my way of, and this, and I wrote the lyrics, to, I wrote that song kind of in one night, just in a kind of, in that state, that heightened state of loss, that heightened state of grief, or like, what the hell's just happened to me here, you know? Um, so, you know, that was my way of expressing just here's this empty space instead of this beautiful togetherness and communication, you know? It's gone, and where the hell is it just gone? How does that thing just evaporate, you know? Um, so, and that, I, I know. Find that well, you know. On a spiritual level, Malcolm, I think that, you know, a lot of times people do come in and out of our lives for a reason. They're there to teach us something, or maybe this was your catalyst to get you on your music that you wrote. Obviously, there's a lot of intention behind the music. Yeah. Oh, no, I will always love this person, and, you know, I I, I will Mm -hmm. always be grateful for for meeting her and having her in my life for that period of time. You know, it's if she comes back with friends or with lovers or if she doesn't come back, it doesn't matter at this point. You know, the point is that you're right. Mm-hmm. It was, it, it, it did was right trigger at that a time. huge, mm-hmm. you know, and it, trig- it triggered a huge amount of growth for me. And, and I'm, continu- I'm right in the middle of that growth right now. And I'm, I'm very excited about that aspect of, my, of where I'm at. Well, that's awesome. You know, and, that's, that's, you know so that's, that's basically amazing. what that song is about. And there's, there's two or three other mm-hmm. songs on the record that are about this person or about that relationship. Um, on Your Light, so, and I left, I'm going to end with, is that song about that too? On Your Light? No, actually, that's, that's, about somebody, that's about somebody from a long time ago. <laughs> it's a similar type deal. <laughs> Malcolm, what, what's, the story on the, what's the story on your tour? Uh, Tell us about your tour. Okay, yeah. well we're doing we're, we're we're just doing we've just done a short eight eight uh, shows, kind of a short run, just mm-hmm. leading up to 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 you know at the beginning of December. We've got five shows left. Uh, we were at Sellersville Theatre a few days ago. Um, we're we're doing some nice little local shows. We're just doing a little bit of PR promotion around it. 
And then next year we're going to hit hard. Um, I'm talking to a promoter in Australia and New Zealand. I'm talking to someone in Japan. I'd like to do UK and Europe, and I'd like to come back here and do something a lot more extensive. And so, you know, wow. really at this stage, even though even even though I'm the son of Jack Bruce and all of that, I, I'm not. People don't know me yet, so it's really I'm at this stage You're of kind who of you are. just yeah. Yeah, and I'm just, yeah, and it's like here I am. How do I get myself out there? You know, who do I? T- you know, let let me just go out and talk to people and make friends one by one and just get out there and tour a lot and work and and bring this all together. That, and you know, important. I'm hoping. Yeah, you know, and I'm hoping that the music is, you know, I feel like I've got something fairly unique, um, and that mm-hmm. you know that works for that works for me and against me. And so you know, I I have to find a way to to get that out to people and find a market or even create a market for it. And, you know, and I'm willing to go the whole way. So, you know, this was like a little entree, little entree before the main course next year. So nice. And, uh, you know what? So, you know, hopefully. Let's give out your website real quick. Let's give out your website, Malcolm. Fantastic. Yeah, it's uh, www.malcolmbrucemusic.com. And that's Malcolm with an L. For those of you that spell it without the L, it's (laughs) M-A-L-C-O-L-M. Because it's the mm-hmm. almost silent L, Malcolm. It's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. So Bruce dot com. You can also find me on Facebook, Facebook dot com mm-hmm. forward slash Malcolm Bruce Music. And um, as mm-hmm. I say, just building all up. You can still pre-order the record on PledgeMusic dot com, uh, which I did a, a crowdfunding uh, campaign for a while back. Um, so that's still, you can still pre-order it or there'll be details very soon once it's released um, and there'll be distribution and things like that. So it'd be lovely to, if people want to connect on Facebook, they can talk to me directly um, and I'll try to get that to them, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, we're just at the building phase right now. And you know, as you, I don't need to explain to you guys how, how much the industry has changed. I mean, it's, it's not like, I mean, I, I know you guys have this history, amazing history of your own in the industry working with all these incredible artists but it's a different game now you know like how it do is. you get your art Absolutely. how do you get your music out mm-hmm. there you know how do you compete with mm-hmm. with the major labels that don't even know how to run their themselves you know so um mm-hmm. it's really fascinating but i do think it's it's the greatest time ever to be an artist because it's wide open oh, it is. you've got the internet you've got independent artists being able to be hugely successful and and you've got the mainstream thing as well and and the establishment but there are ways to kind of utilize the establishment and still remain as an independent artist you know so i think we're in a we're in a good space if we don't blow the planet up in the next two months we'll be fine (laughs) oh wow You took the words out of our mouth. Well, you know what I wanted to say really quick that you mentioned that is this show will be available on iTunes afterwards. If you missed it from the beginning, um, it will be available on iTunes on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio and also on iTunes under the Indie Cafe on uh, Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio. And um, you can listen to it. It's an entirety. And to people that are in the chat room, I forgot to give that out. To people that are in the chat room, I want to thank everyone that's been listening live. And also, uh, anyone that wanted to call in, we're on the air for about 10 more minutes, I think. If you'd like to call in and either talk to myself, Spencer, or Malcolm, <laughs> you can call. You can with this, call with the almost silent L. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I had to say that. Hey, listen, I know what it's like when um, you're in boarding school. I was in boarding school, too, so I know they used to always call you by your last name, not even by your first name. So I get it. I know. So, um, I yeah, know. if you want to call in, it's 347-677-1036, and we'll take your call. So for 10 more minutes, we're going to be, well, actually for eight more minutes, we're going to talk on the air because I've got a I've got a jet out of here too soon, and uh, I really am so excited that we were able to do this interview because I know Spencer has been talking about doing this, and we were really excited about doing this. And what a great night you saw him last night. Um, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, um, I think I think it's it's going to evolve. That's all I can say. And you know, there's a lot of improvisational elements. So, you know, I think over this next, as I say, if I can get out, I always quote the, I always use. The police, as an example, because they were—they did the same thing. They got in a van for 18 months and they just played and played and played. And by the end of that 18 months, they were the biggest band in the world, you know. And and that can happen if you can find a way to do it. If you can find the finance to do it, you know, and build it up over that period of time, and you've really got something good, you know. And I think I have in—it's like embryonic right now. So you know. Yeah. I would love it if people would come out to see shows when I'm back next year or the last few shows. The One thing on, we didn't mention, on when, is your, the when is the CD coming out? Mark? Well, I'm, I'm hoping to get the download, the download ready before Christmas, but it just depends. Here's another element. I, I'm doing vocal edits. The mix engineer is mixing. I'm doing vocal edits, and then my laptop screen dies on in the van on the way to the gig, you know, so... I'm I'm always confronted with a million challenges, but you know I'm hoping yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I'm hoping the download will be, be ready in the next couple of weeks or two oh, cool. to three weeks, and then um, the actual physical will be ready in January. Um, cool. But yes, yeah, certainly in the you know it's gonna it's it's very soon. It's gonna happen very soon. But you know details. I'll, again, I'll be announcing on Facebook and my website and all that kind of stuff too. That's awesome. Well, Spencer, tell me, is there anything that you wanted to add to last night's gig? Because uh, we're going to play uh, the song On Your Light. And, uh, I wanted to, I wanted to just bring in something about yeah. the Neil Young show for a split second. They, last night at the Morrison Hotel, uh, they had an incredible show of Neil Young photographs by um, uh, Danny Clinch and a number wow. of other, uh, uh, Henry Diltz, a number of other, Tyrus is unbelievable. And um, it was a really great show. If people uh, could walk over there or in New York or come into the go over to the Marston Hotel at 16th Street and see the show, because it's very historic. Mm. It was unbelievable. Fantastic. How long are you in New York for, Malcolm? Um, Malcolm, probably how long until, are you there? Uh, I think until Monday, um, I'm actually staying in Brooklyn right now in uh, the posh oh, nice. park town, Park, park Slope. Don't posh, you know? The posh and, um, park. Yes, the posh park. Very posh. You know they have. Did you go? They hey, have did you pumpkins go, did you outside to, their front uh, doors. Oh God! Did you go to Rockefeller Center and see the tree and go uh, ice skating in? You got to do that. I haven't done that yet. Possibly on Sunday. I've just been doing interviews you all day. I haven't had a chance, it. but. Yeah. I know. I did it once. I did it once about five years ago. Do you remember? The, or it might have been six years ago now. Five years ago, there was a, a Christmas. I was here, and it snowed. In one night, it snowed so heavily that the cars were completely covered with snow. You couldn't see the cars. Do you remember that year? Oh, well, I, anyway, I heard that, about that. I remember that. 
that year I was here. Yeah. I did all. I did kind of some of the touristy things, and Central Park on Christmas Day, and it was kind of cool, you know. Oh, nice. I'm even starting to sound like an American now. <laughs> oh no, you dude. sound great. And you got Dude, so you got to go to the museums, man. Got to go to the museums. I want to go to MoMA. I, went, I haven't been there for a few years, and it's amazing. MoMA is great right now. They got a they got a Russian uh, they got a show on Russian avant garde going on. Just started. Oh, just oh wow. Something about Russia. Start. Yeah, just what Stop. I need. Yeah. Just, just what, what you need. need. No, no Russia. No. <laughs> I can't even go. I can't even go to my. I can't even go into my Facebook photos and delete the photos. I can't even, oh, you know, I'm too scared to look at the face. You're you know. heartbroken. We've got to that. It's the holidays. It's coming. It's Don't worry. I'm, I'm fixing it. you got to go past I'm it. You've got to go past it. you got to go past it. I'm, I'm almost there. Honestly, you should have seen me six months ago. I was not in a good space. But, no, I mean, I got some great songs out of it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm well, cool. I'm know, all right, actually. On your light, it, we want you to be okay. And if you want to, you know what we want to do? We want to invite you back when the CD does drop oh. yeah, and you're on the road. Why don't you call? Yeah, call, give, us a, give us a call. You have my number. I would love you have, that. Uh, or you have my email and you have uh, sensors. Make sure you give us a, a, drop us a line and let us know where you are on the road. Yeah, and definitely. we'll be happy to have you on the air again. We'd love to be, Absolutely. I would love to have and, you and I'll back. Be... Yeah. I'll be sending you the CDs as soon as they're ready, and you know I'll be really interested. Oh yeah, no, no, no. What you think? You know, it's cool. Because uh, these two I'm tracks sure are it's going to be beautiful. Each song is each song is kind of different, so. Right, that's good. So um. Yeah. 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 Well, we're going to anyway, end thanks so much, guys. Hey, we love you, no, Malcolm. End... Love you too. Man. We do love you. We send you <laughs> a lot of uh, healing <laughs> and love and Godspeed to you and. Uh, Thank We're going to so end much, the Holly. show with I'm. You're very welcome. That comes from the heart too. Um, oh, thank you. We're going to play. Rock and roll a deluxe. Rock and roll a deluxe. Yeah. Malcolm Bruce. Absolutely. I know. Spencer, you're so cute. You're like, let's get out of that witchy stuff. No. Okay. So I'm your wife. We're going to end with that. Song. Stop it. Well, Spencer knows me. I'm like really. I'm super on on it when it comes to spiritual stuff like that. So let's so let's see. On well, we should life, talk because I'm a long term Spencer. I'm a long term. It's meditator. good. It's all good. It's all good. Holly, okay, I'm a long term transcendental gonna... meditator. So we should talk about that sometime. Oh yeah. Wow. I would like. I would love to. I would love to. And remote yeah. viewing and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, let's talk about oh, it. Oh yeah. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. I, Totally know all about that. It's funny I had a conversation about that earlier today. Um, so on your mm. light, we're going to end with that, and um, let's see. We're going to end with that, and we're going to tell everyone it is Friday. Please do not drink and drive. Um, it is the holiday season. Be careful where you are. Please be aware of all your surroundings at all times. And with that, have a good good weekend, right? See you all. Yeah. Is that it? Malcolm, call me, Malcolm. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I'll call you, yep. Thank you so much, okay. guys. Love you, guys. Love you, guys. Bye. Bye. I love you. Here you guys Bye. go. Bye.
Just for now 